morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the top crypto researcher on the planet, also known as the Italian Stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is back on this Thursday. The fastest growing influencer in the node space and the lead asset manager for Phoenix Crypto Assets, Mario, the node defender, is here for his second episode of the week. Joining us today is the OG Crypto Goliath, a model for the Diamond Hands community and the proud husband of Shelly, Gonzo, is back on our program. Always excited to have you, Gonzo, and a consistent NFT accumulator and the lead spokeswoman for the Steppin NFT community, Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, is here for her first episode of the week. Awesome to have you, Jackie. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing the Bank of England is calling for tough times in the crypto market, saying until inflation is below 2%, Risky assets will suffer. Galaxy Digital CEO says crypto is not going away, citing high-quality human capital is only increasing in this market. And Goldman Sachs CEO states he's bullish on blockchain, telling us regulation will open the floodgates. SEC Chair Gary Gensler is asking for an additional $240 million to further regulate the crypto market. And 12 years ago today, one of the largest mistakes in crypto history took place we remind our listeners of this tragedy so they don't make the same mistake. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, I see you at the top of the screen. We may as well go to you first, bro. Always happy to have you. Are you repping the Diamond Gear again? I got to know. Uh, actually, today I got the Warriors Rise. Sorry. <laughs> My phone just went off. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, Warriors, repping the Warriors rise right now. But uh, yeah, happy to be here. Uh, I missed Jackie, so it's nice being on the show with Jackie. And uh, yeah, man, just, you know, very appreciative, very grateful for, for being here. And, you know, definitely appreciate um, everybody that tuned in every morning and you give us our time or g you give us your time. So we, we do appreciate it. So, yeah, 100%. We have some amazing stuff for you guys today. We're going to cover BlackRock, Fidelity, Goldman Sachs. And of course, we got some Bitcoin analysis on the way. But we'll go to Jackie next. Jackie, you're definitely wearing the diamond hands gear this morning. Very happy to have you on this Thursday. How are you feeling? And what are some of your thoughts on the market overall? We haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, I feel great. I'm so glad to be back on. I, I miss this, guys. I just love I just love you guys. I love you guys so much. I love you guys. I love our community. I love seeing everyone in the chat. Um, yeah, like, like my hat shows, this is a good theme. Uh, I am diamond handing now, now that things are low <laughs> for sure. I'm, I'm following that. So good to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And we'll go over to Johnny Crypto, Mr. Johnny Crypto, consistently repping that XRP background. It's good to know where your roots are, Johnny. How are you feeling on this Thursday? And welcome back. Just for the record, that background is to say that I'm Gen X, but yes, also XRP because we got some people out there that you couldn't find a boomer one. They didn't have like, some sort of explosion you could have put in the background. Or... <laughs> we got too many crazy maniacs. I love you, Johnny.
It's so happy to see Jackie there. Jackie, you're absolutely always awesome, and obviously with, with you guys. So, uh, yeah, good morning to everybody and all the Warrior Maniacs. Mario, we're going to go right over to you next, bro. It's all be here with this great crew that we have. Jackie is like, every time she comes on, she she definitely, we, everybody feels it because, you know, she's got that, that good energy. And, man, uh, my hands are bleeding. So, definitely diamond hands also. My hands have been bleeding for, for like the past week, but I'm just going to keep on bleeding. 100% Mario. I'm not sure what that means when you say your hands are bleeding, but I want to know right now, some people are saying there's getting some choppy feedback on the stream. Just comment in the live chat if you're getting us clearly because we would love to know that. That'd be very helpful. But we'll hop into this thing the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We are at 1,024 followers and growing very, very quickly. Gonzo will be hosting a Twitter Spaces on this channel at 8 p.m. tonight. And I'm sure the whole team will be there. They're going to cover some amazing content. I just know it. So that's something to look forward to. We are sitting in the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index. We are sitting at a 13. We are back in Extreme Fear. Johnny Crypto, we're going to roll past this this morning because we're still in that same range and hop into the total coin market cap, which is $1.26 trillion. Bitcoin sitting at 45% dominance. Ethereum is at 19%. Bitcoin is at $29,800 this morning. Ethereum is 1900 XRP is 41 cents. Cardano is 52 cents. Kronos is 19 cents. Stellar is 13 cents. And Hedera Hashgraph is 10 cents flat. A lot of these prices have been the same for six, seven, eight days now. But Gonzo, I'd love to start with you. What are some of the things you're watching in the market this morning? And how do you feel about Bitcoin overall? Do you think we're going to break through that $30,000 price? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, so we know that so that the price of cryptocurrency is usually like correlated to like the stock market or the NASDAQ usually, right? We, we see some type of correlation and the stock market yesterday took a beating, right? I think that Dow Jones like was like over 1100 points um, and it just took a huge beating. But so I was watching Bitcoin thinking, okay, well, let's see what happens now. Are we going to get that direct correlation? But, you know, props to Bitcoin because it kind of, it held, it held on, right? Like it literally just ranged between 30,000 and then 29,000. And uh, we might've gotten down to 28.7 or something, but it's been kind of holding up considering that we had such a bad day in the market yesterday because they were talking about a, a, a complete and total collapse that they haven't seen since like the C word crash. So the fact that um, Bitcoin held strong just goes to show that um, that's what it was kind of built for. We've talked about this before where you know it came from the 2008 financial collapse or crisis that happened um that's why it was made right that's why we talk about it being sound money but um yeah so just watching those levels uh because we know that you know when bitcoin moves the altcoins are going to move uh, i think some some altcoins came down a little bit um and like again i think we're going to keep kind of just repeating this over and over um you know make sure you know what kind of investor you are and make sure you do your own research but these are the times when we're in stream fear that, you know, you want to start implementing your dollar cost average strategy. A hundred percent. Johnny Crypto, it seems very fitting that we would go to you next. We're seeing a lot of bearish price action in the market, but a lot of these stable coins seem to have found their bottom. And that goes for Bitcoin as well. Is there anything you're watching in the market this morning that's different from yesterday? And maybe you can address Hadera Hashgraph. Hadera Hashgraph is still sitting at 10 cents. And we heard from the bearable bull how much he appreciates and thinks that project is going to go to the moon. So what are some of your thoughts? The bull loves uh, the H-bar, and I do too, but um, 
you know, I'm an engineer, so I really love data and I got to share something that I think is going to make all of our audience excited. So there's been some discussion about how kind of like the, the, the Bitcoin market or I should say the crypto market is tied to the NASDAQ. And I got to give kudos to this guy, Jogi, who out there. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Bill. They got that get your shit together today. But um, this is very important. So I want to I want to explain this to folks to, to, to show you why I'm kind of super hyped up here. So looking at this, this, this data here shows you the, the distribution of how the NASDAQ sits over the trend, right? And where we are, how far above the, the highs or lows we are and how much there is room to fall. And if you look at the NASDAQ where we are today, we're actually still above the trend. And there's still what it means is there's still a lot more room to fall here for the NASDAQ. And the same is to be said for, uh, whoops, the same is, to, oh, what did I do? The same is to be said here for the S&P. It's actually even higher up on the trend. Lots of room to pull back. All right. Now watch this. Look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin has already pulled back and almost sitting near the bottom of standard deviations below the trend. We're so far below it that the reality is the, the, the probability that Bitcoin is going to continue to fall as far as the stock market's going to fall. At some point, it feels like we're going to decouple. Uh, to fall almost as low that we'd have to go to around three deviations, which would put us at thirteen thousand Bitcoin, um, and I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But just looking at this, this should bring a little excitement. This is great work, by the way. By I think it was Jogi, Jogi, whatever, however you pronounce it. Kudos to him. Awesome uh, engineering work here to go look at the standard deviations of these. So, for when I saw this data today, I'm saying like, wow, you know what? We might actually finally see at some point a decouplization of Bitcoin versus uh the nasdaq if, if what if what the data is here here that he's showing is true we will see a decoupling at some point where the nasdaq will keep falling but bitcoin will fi finally bottom out so i just thought it'd be worth sharing with the crew everybody's nervous about it but i really think that this explains why we're kind of seeing a bit of a hard stop kind of hardest you know 28 29 where bitcoin's been kind of sitting at right now while the nasdaq is tanking and as it continues to tank you know, I don't think we're going to see as big of a drop. So just wanted to share. That's what I'm watching, Abs. Thank you, Johnny. And yeah, we have a Bitcoin price chart pulled up here where it's the weekly price chart for the past, I think it's nine, maybe even 10 years here. And we're clearly touching the bottom of a bearish trend line. Jackie, I'd love to go to you next. We always ask you about the step in NFT, but this morning we're going to go a little bit different direction here. What are some of your thoughts on the altcoins that have retraced 80%? Do you think a lot of those are in a time for accumulation? And how do you feel about Bitcoin? Yeah, um, I do think that there are a lot of alts in a good spot for accumulation. That's kind of what I'm doing. Um, usually when we see big crashes like this, and I was watching uh, the episode yesterday with Bearable Bull, and he was saying, you know, it was it was a big crash, something that he has never experienced before being in the market for so long, right? So that, that tells to me, usually when I start to hear stuff like that, it's, it, I go back to a simple investment standpoint where dollar cash averaging in at, at points where, you know, fear and greed is, is very low or fear is very high, right? Um, greed is low. And so you just kind of have to take it back a step. Um, so there are a ton of altcoins right now. We go over that in our show, um, our show, our calls, uh, me, Selman, Gonzo, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, specifically within the Academy. We talk about altcoins that we're accumulating, um, good projects to get into. So there are a ton that are at a good point right now. Um, and then you kind of just wait, see what happens. Um, buying in a little bit, 
if it if it goes up, you're good. If it if it comes back down more, dollar cost averaging, lower that average point. So that's kind of where I'm at as far as what Bitcoin does. I'm not worried. Um, I don't think it's going to zero. So I have that that really big, you know, um, mindset of if it's not going to zero, the only way is up, my friend. You know, it might go down a little bit more, but don't worry. A hundred percent. Those statements are perfect for the hat that you're wearing. You're just diamond handsing Bitcoin. Nothing different here, but I do have something really and cool. And I'm stepping, man. I'm stepping like a fool. <laughs> stepping to the moon. I saw actually BitBoy put out a video last Sunday on the Stepping NFT. I called Johnny up and Johnny goes, that's your signal. Sell everything. <laughs> He's like, we've peaked. But I want to hop into another thing before. I want to get comments from Mario really quickly. We have a tweet here that I found very interesting, which is the Bitcoin, sorry, the crypto prices from last year. We had Bitcoin sitting at 43000 Ethereum at 3400 VeChain at $0.16, cents, XRP at $1.60, Dogecoin at $0.47. Cents. That's 12 months ago from today, people. So Mario, I'd love to get some comments from you. During this time, we had people asking for an opportunity to buy at prices that we're at now. Now we're experiencing those prices and a lot of retail investors are afraid to enter the market. So what are some of your thoughts on what we're experiencing and how do you feel about these prices being so different from where we were? just 12 months ago. I feel the same way as Jackie. I think looking at that list, the only cryptocurrency that I know is still up from that list is Crow, crypto.com. I think we're still sitting at 19, 20 cents. So back then it was 14. So, but, but the other cryptocurrencies, I mean, Bitcoin, Ethereum, I mean, let's not talk about Luna. We know what happened there, but VeChain, Matic, like they're down so much. Like these altcoins are down, like they've drained like 80%, 90% of their value from, from the all-time highs. So for people, I, like Jackie said it, like DCA, like this is perfect time for you to don't go all in, you know, put a little bit of money in now. We might still touch on, on lower price points. So you don't want to go all in. In case we start moving up, don't FOMO, just... Just remember that there's always retraces. We spoke about this before. If it goes up, it's going to retrace down. If it goes down, it's going to have the momentum up. It's just normal. Just keep st stick to your strategy. Keep a, a, a DCA strategy. Uh, lower those average. Lower that average cost. And yeah, dude, it's people have been calling for this. This is the thing. People have been calling for these prices for a while. Like, oh, I wish I could have bought before the bull run started. I wish I could have bought Mar uh, January 2021. And some of these prices are lower than January 2021. So great timing. Yeah, yeah 100%, um, Mario. Th this is right there, visual evidence of not only that, hey, this is what you've been asking for. I wish I could have. I wish I was, right? But also just to show you that uh, when we talk about, hey, you should pull profits when you get the chance to, this is just a one-year difference. And so when we get up to those prices and we're going to get back up to those prices again, those are the times to kind of de-risk and pull out your initial investment so that you can have, you know, some chips on the side so that when we go back down, you know, you can reinvest. But I'm a, I'm a visual learner. So when I see that, it just kind of really cements that whole thing about dollar cost averaging in at the bottom and then dollar cost averaging out on the way up. Awesome. Thank you, Gonzo. And we're going to hop into our first article today, but we have 162 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. All social medias are linked below. And if you're looking for a deeper, more fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is at the 3T Warrior Academy, where you get access to our entire team, including Coach JV. And he does weekly portfolio updates, which we have one today. So any of our warriors in the academy, if you're looking for us at 1 p.m., you know where to find us. We'll hop into our first article here, which is that BTC hater Peter Scheif surprised that Bitcoin is holding up as well as it has. So a lot of people are complaining that we're getting some bearish price action. And this guy's surprised that we're holding up so well during these times. He actually called this 
a bull trap to lure in more buyers into Bitcoin. Peter Scheif wrote in his surprise, he is surprised that Bitcoin is holding up this well, but he recommended that BTC holders do not get too proud in this moment. He warned that the market never gives investors so much time to buy BTC on the dip. And because we've been in this range for so long, he would avoid the investment. Johnny Crypto, I would love to start with you first. We always joke that you're a Bitcoin maximalist. Obviously, you're not. You're part of the XRP army. But it's very interesting to see that he's actually proud or, or surprised that Bitcoin's holding up so well, yet we're at $29,000, which is a huge dip from just four or five months ago. What are some of your thoughts on this article and what he has to say? Because he's consistently a Bitcoin bear. Yeah, Peter Schiff has been a, a Bitcoin bear, a crypto bear, or crypto hater for a long time, and a gold uh, maximalist. He's been, God, I've been buying gold, and he's been talking about it forever. And so, while gold is, I think, uh, a, a reasonable space to put your put some funds in, and I have some gold, and I have some silver. I think precious metals are are never a bad investment. It's a good way to preserve your capital. Um, but he for some reason, just hasn't hopped on the crypto train yet. I think he will a few years from now. But, you know, as we as that data I just showed you, I'm not surprised to see that Bitcoin is holding up so well. He does have some valid point that, yeah, we've been sitting here for a while. He's right. When we've hit the bottom and anything, it happens quick. You, it doesn't stay there, right? We all know the bottoms go, you see the big wick and it's gone. And we've been sitting here too long. So we're definitely not at the bottom now, sometimes you will see a lot of sideways consolidation and just boom, take off. That's possible too. But at the end of the day, what I want to see and when we'll know when the real bottom is, is those two charts I just showed you, the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. When those are at the very bottom of that trend chart, as I just showed you Bitcoin is, then we've probably truly bottomed out in the market. And then we can look to see where Bitcoin is at that point, And that will probably form a new bottom basis. So I don't know what that number is going to be. Um, but I, I am dollar cost averaging slowly into a little Bitcoin because I want to get some. And um, this is probably a good time to just get started. But don't go all in as we talk about. And I think he does make an amazing point that we typically when we hit a bottom, we get a V bottom or we, we get out of there pretty quickly and we're consolidating in these ranges for so long. I'm actually having a realization right now that does make me a little bit nervous, but I do want to go to Gonzo here. Gonzo, according to the agency, Bitcoin remains highly correlated with the traditional equities market and it remains so in 2022, which is exactly what Johnny just said. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. Are you bullish? Are you bearish on Bitcoin? And then we'll kick it to Jackie. Well, you know, overall, uh, you know, because, I, you know, I zoom out and so I'm bullish on Bitcoin, but in the short term, like they're right, you know, we are lower prices, but for me, that's all opportunity, right? And so um, it, it's funny that, you know, he, he talks about like uh, what the, you know, the bear sentiment or what it is, uh, because what we found though is, is while those markets like the S&P, NASDAQ, commodities market, while they um, correlate to Bitcoin's kind of day-to-day or week-to-week, um, the four-year cycles have still been our bear and bull cycles, right? And they've been not really that correlated with what's going on in the market. So I think it affects the price like in the day-to-day or the week-to-week. But overall, because of the way that Bitcoin is programmed um, and you know the halving cycle, right? That's programmed into Bitcoin. Um, that's what determines its bear and bull cycles. Um, but, you know, he's he's not in the space. I mean, for all we know, like, you know, he's a he's a closet Bitcoin holder. Right. Because what we find is that these guys that end up talking a lot of smack about Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. We find out later that they were involved or that they're invested in other companies that are invested in crypto. Right. 
So they're kind of like a roundabout way of being invested in it. But I, I'm sure that, you know, he resonates uh, with people that, um, you know, that believe that cryptocurrency is going to go to zero or they believe it's a scam or, the, you know, they don't believe in it. So I'm sure when he talks, he kind of resonates with that with that group of people. For sure. Sorry, I had some trouble finding the mute button yeah. there. But Jackie, I'd love to hear from you next. We haven't heard from you since this Bitcoin crash happened. And there's so many people calling for the low $20,000 range. Do you think we're going to see the low 20000 Or do you think we're relatively close to the bottom now? You haven't seen me because I've been in hiding. No, I'm just kidding. I, you know, someone had mentioned that. I think we've mentioned it on our calls a few times, actually. You know, when a lot of people are yelling out for 20000 it usually doesn't happen. So that's why I take the opportunity um, while, while it's here in your hands, while we are at this point. Um, a lot of things are, you know, low enough that it is a good dollar cost averaging standpoint. Um, and if we do go down, you know, dollar cost average again. But oh, it usually always happens that the opposite, you know, when one, one end is called for at a height, it, you know, it tends to switch around that time. So we'll see. For sure. And we're actually going to switch gears here because 12 years ago to the day, we had one of the largest tragedies in crypto history take place. And we're going to show our listeners the mistake that was made and exactly why they should be mindful of where the crypto market is now, because we could be in a drastically different environment in just half a decade. We're going to let this clip play. Here we go. When I say Bitcoin, you say what? Pizza. This is Laszlo Hanyet of Jacksonville, and it was a pizza delivery order nine years ago that began the cryptocurrency craze. I just told people I wanted a pizza and I want to pay with Bitcoin. I didn't want a gift card. I didn't want some weird exchange. I, I, wanted, I wanted to give you Bitcoin and you give me pizza. The 37-year-old computer programmer created this thread in an online forum and posted that he would pay someone 10,000 Bitcoins for a couple of pizzas. A user from England took him up on the offer, and these pizzas were delivered to Hanyet's home. At the time, the 10,000 Bitcoins are worth about $40. Today, they will be worth $100 million. And we can update that number to nearly $300 million now, guys. I'm not sure who I want to go to first. Who do I think is most likely to make this mistake? We'll go to Johnny Crypto, who would probably sell 10,000 XRP for a nice Italian pizza, Johnny Crypto. What are some of the thoughts that you have when you watch something like this? Do you think that people are currently selling cryptocurrencies that they're going to look back a decade from now and say, holy crap, that would have been $300 million? First of all, just for the record, it's you, not me, that's drinking 12 XRP a day, swallowing it. So I buy it. And just to let people know, what he's talking about is I have a coffee shop at the bottom of my apartment complex. They charge $5 for a coffee and then they guilt trip you into giving a $1 tip. So I'm spending $6 a day on coffee. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to figure something out. Johnny, the oh, that's a good guy. He gives the tip. I feel guilty. I feel guilty. You know? That'll come back to you, Abs. That XRP will all come back to you. <laughs> I believe you, Jackie. He's drinking 240 XRP a month, okay? My XRP is sitting right here, right there in the bank. But anyway, this guy sitting here, I think the article said that he doesn't regret. He says he doesn't regret that he, he sold that. That's absolute horse bullshit. He absolutely regrets it. There's no question in the world he ain't regretting that he's not sitting on $294 million, okay? So don't bullshit us. Just be honest and tell the truth. That's what we do here at the Academy. We, we honesty, integrity, unwavering belief, and whatever system you have. So the reality is don't lie to us and tell us you don't regret it. Of course you freaking regret it. But maybe at the time he felt like, hey, he just wanted to see 
if Bitcoin can have a monetary value, which is great. And obviously, who would have ever thought it'd be that high? But guys, this is why at the end of the day, yeah, exactly. Pay with Doge. Pay with Shiva, maybe. But don't don't pay with good technology type uh, coins like XRP, XLM, or any of those ones that you know haven't even got started yet. As you saw in those prices that we just showed um, a year ago, they were much higher. And today, they're actually much lower. And the reality is at the end of the day, yeah, that's right. Can express them. My wife would be so happy. Actually, I got 12 of them. You could have one of mine. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, in this case, uh, just just hold on to the good currencies that you know. Don't spend them right now. Wait, <laughs> we got to make a T-shirt. At the end of the day, save that good currency, 2025 and beyond. And you can also be a multimillionaire. And you won't have to be like that guy and lie that you don't regret it. And you know what the truth is, Johnny? There's always truth in humor. And it, there, this is very funny that somebody would sell 10,000 Bitcoin, a $300 million pizza from Domino's. I hope you enjoyed it. But at the same time, I'm sure there's a bunch of people right now selling currencies that we're going to look back in. It won't even take a decade. It may only take five, six, seven years and say, oh, my God, my XRP is now worth 589 Gonzo, the floor is yours. You know what my question would be for that guy because they don't say is if he obviously knew what Bitcoin was, right? Because during those times, you had to kind of, you couldn't just go buy it real easy at an exchange. And so if he already had 10,000, I wonder if he kept any, right? Because we're assuming that like maybe he just sold all of his Bitcoin and that was it. But if he was already involved in that community, then maybe he kept some. It'd be interesting to know if he did keep some and, you know, they're doing the story for him. But maybe he is a billionaire and we don't know, right? Maybe he's just like on the under. That, that'd be interesting to know. That's what we're wondering about Johnny Crypto too. But Jackie, I do want to get your thoughts really quickly. Do you think that there are any currencies right now where people are going to be selling 10,000 and that'll be worth 300 million in just a decade? Oh yeah, I think XRP is one. I'm laughing because everyone's giving Ab's investment advice in the chat. <laughs> um, yeah, I think XRP was a huge one. You know, I always think back to this moment when, um, when the SEC case first came out. Man, one of the only influencers was Coach JV saying he was buying more. And he was one of the only influencers because at the time I'd gotten in with my brother and my brother was freaking the hell out and we should sell, we should sell, you know? And I was like, no, I think we should hold on to it because that's what he's doing, you know? And and so I always think back to that because so many people sold at that time and, and JV was putting out videos, you know, I'm buying, I'm buying, I'm buying. One of the only influencers who was doing that. And so now, I mean, we've seen so many influencers switch turn roles, you know, at first when the SEC case came out, they were right along with the media saying like, yeah, this thing's going to zero, you know, it's kind of done for, for them. And then they, you know, then they started to uncover what was really going on behind the scenes and you know they all they all turned to 180 so i always think back to that time and i feel pretty feel pretty good where we're at within the academy um you know with the with the research we have going on um the people we have the eyes in the market and you know it's a good it's a comforting place to be honestly i really i love it you know, Jackie, you bring up a great point. I, I, I tell the story all the time in the academy, but not, not outside here. But I hadn't actually I was in the academy at that point when the SEC lawsuit happened, but I hadn't bought anything yet. I was just waiting on the sideline watching. And I remember that day when the lawsuit came and it crashed. And I was like, oh, man, thank God I didn't buy in. I wonder what this guy coach is going to do. I, I didn't know much. I wasn't in it really. I was just a warrior and member at the time. So I'm watching and I go to the, to the back to the academy. 
because like coach was talking about how everybody's blowing up his phone and he put like an emergency message up i'll never forget that day and i'm like oh how's he gonna get out of this one you know did he dump everything and he's like he comes on he's very cool calm collected he was in his car driving and that video's still there so if you're in the academy you can watch it it was a great video and he was like I'm holding on like a tick on the dog and I'm buying more. And at that moment, it hit me like, holy shit, that's exactly how the elites do it. They shake everybody out with fear and then they they buy it, you know, pennies on the dollar. It's exactly how the big boys bought the Bank of England in one day. And I'm like, he's freaking right. At that moment, that's it. I sold everything in the house. I ran to the bank that day, <laughs> deposited as much money as I could, did a wire transfer into Kraken because you could still buy XRP at the time and loaded a shit ton of it up in that 20 cent range. And thank you, Coach, if you're listening, because that was a transformational day for me. And that's when I became a full-blooded warrior. I was like, this guy knows his shit. He knows what's going on. Everybody else is panicking and running out. And next thing you know, like a couple months later, we're sitting at $2 XRP, 10X the money. He's, 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 you're right, Jackie. So, Coach, and everybody out there, this is why you want to be part of the academy. Mental, mindset, you know the game. When you know the game, you don't get played. When you know the game, you don't get played. That's a perfect way to put it, Johnny. We got 227 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. All social medias are linked below. And if you're looking for more Coach JV content, the best place to do that is at the 3T Warrior Academy. You get access to the whole team. We talk about mindset. We talk about crypto. We do focus on crypto, but we have regular lives outside of that. So we talk about other things as well. But I do want to hop into our next article, which is actually a tweet from the digital asset investor. And it says, it's not a coincidence that BlackRock, Goldman Sachs, and Fidelity have backed CirclePay, which is USDC, and is being carried in as a savior on the shoulders of the mainstream financial media. We have a one-minute clip here talking about how USDC is the chosen stablecoin. We're actually not going to play it. But it also talked about how Ripple has also worked closely with regulators from the start. And it's also important to know that USDC runs on Stellar. The node defender, I would love to start with you here. How do you feel about this news? And why do you think that BlackRock, Goldman Sachs, and Fidelity have chosen USDC as the prominent stablecoin? Well, these are some of the signs that we keep talking about. Like it's a sign that BlackRock, Goldman Sachs, Fidelity, all those com- all those. Uh, big players in the market they're backing up circle pay which which created usdc there's close ties with coinbase as well and coinbase is the only company that's publicly traded or the only exchange that's publicly traded i should say and uh the fact that it runs like that's just a great point the fact that it runs on stellar again great signal for what what could be coming down the line for stellar and um i think xrp like ripple is just going through what it's going because of the lawsuit uh, I think that XLM, the fact that we didn't see XLM shooting for all-time highs is like it's 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 very promising. A lot of people could be like upset and frustrated with with the bags that they're holding that they're, they haven't had any price appreciation. But if anything, this is giving more time to accumulate. So all these things, I look at them as, as like signs. Like the USDC is, it, it looks like it's being the chosen one, and there's a very close tie to to Stellar. So why not continue to accumulate your XLM, right? Because it eventually it's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of we say this all the time. It's a matter of 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 when, not not if. So, I want to end it with that. And I want to give a shout out to our buddy Jordan Harry here. He put out a really interesting tweet last night where he talked about how the goat of Ripple just pulled me aside at the Link Two Global Investor Conference. All I can say is you're not crazy. The interview is actually posted here. I haven't had the opportunity to go through it myself, but it is very interesting that one of our close friends would be doing something like this. I'm sure we're going to reach up, reach out to him. I'll actually DM him after the show and get some inside information and bring it to our own, to bring it to our fans. But 
Gonzo, love to hear from you. Obviously, you're bullish on XRP. Obviously, you're bullish on the real-world utility of cryptocurrencies. But we're seeing these things come to fruition right before our eyes. How do you feel about the mainstream adoption of XRP specifically going forward? And then we're going to hop into an SEC article where they're regulating further on crypto. Well, you know, I was actually going to talk about um, XLM because, you know, like I said, I like to study history. And um, so I was looking back at the 2017 bull run and the top five cryptos. And XLM, I, I want to say it was there two or three, right? But it made like a 16,000% run. I, I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, it was XRP, XLM, and then another two that are, are um, I think one of them went away and the other one is like, it fell down to the top 100. But uh, it just, for me, it's confluence. You know, we had XRP Jenna over here and what, what she said about XLM and just just makes me kind of bullish on, on XLM and, and then, you know, start, I start thinking about how much XRP I have and hey, you know what, maybe it's time, like you said, start a dollar cost averaging into XLM, especially um, at these prices. And then as far as the like uh, USDC, um, you can see, right, especially after the whole collapse of UST and Terra and all that, um, who the chosen one is, right? And so when you're thinking about, hey, what stable coins should I be using? Um, it, there it is. It's right there in front of you. Thank you so much, Gonzo. And Jackie, before we circle around and go through our articles, I'd like to get some comments from you. We're seeing an attack on stablecoins, and we're obviously going to see some form of regulation come out of this at the end of the day, right? As Johnny Crypto would say, at the end of the day. But what's realistically going to happen is they're going to pick a currency that they establish as a quote-unquote safe asset that's backed by physical assets. And we're not going to rely on these stablecoins like Terra, which was an algorithmic stablecoin. You needed a profitable trading mechanism to keep it at that dollar value. And that's not sustainable in what we're going through now, especially with all the fake money in the market. But I do want to hear your thoughts. Who do you think they choose? Obviously, they choose USDC. But what do you think that means for central bank digital currencies? Do you think that we're going to go into stablecoins and CBDCs will operate side by side? Or are we going to have an environment where stablecoins win or CBDCs win? Um, yeah, I think we might have both uh, CBDCs and uh, USDC. Uh, that is my opinion. I know a lot of people have different opinions on that. Um, I don't know. It would just be interesting to see what happens. I don't really have too many comments on that just because I think we, we've, we've discussed it a lot. And But also, um, I mean, what, what's already been said is kind of what I, I agree with as well. Um, we talked about it over the last couple of days. Yes, for sure. And we're going to hop into our next article for today. Sorry, guys. I am terrible with the mute button today. So I apologize, Jackie. I apologize, Gonzo. But I do want to hop into our next article, which is the SEC chair, Gary Gensler, wants to increase the agency's enforcement budget to protect crypto investors. Of course, he's protecting us, right? U.S. and Exchange Commission Gary Gensler asked Congress to boost the agency's budget by 8% in order to pursue its cryptocurrency regulation and enforcement agenda. So they are currently seeking a budget of $2.15 billion for the year 2023, which is $240 million than they had this year. They're currently looking at over 6,000 crypto-related projects, and they have 50 government officials working on those 6,000 projects. So they've got so much on their plate. What do you think, Johnny Crypto? Why do you think Gary Gensler is asking for more funding, and is he protecting us? <laughs> Is he protecting us? First of all, let, let, let's just make sure that when we when we call Gary Gensler, Gary Gensler, let's let's make sure we know who we're talking about. You guys see the guy in the bottom right corner over here, all right, from The Simpsons. That's Gensler. So let's just make sure we got his picture up there, that evil bastard. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, 
<laughs> I haven't seen anything Gensler has done to protect us. I mean, he, he says he wants to protect us, but the, the SEC, for example, in the XRP case has done nothing but stumble and bumble the whole entire way. Maybe that's a new shirt right there, stumble and bumble. They've really completely messed up the entire freaking case, right? <clears throat> and and we know that the Hinman thing, there's just so much corruption going on within the SEC itself, right? So if he really wanted to protect us, why don't you first clean up the SEC? Get there, you know, do this, right? Follow the shirt here, that coach, you get there. He should get their shit. There you go. The SEC needs to get their shit together and then go out and really, truly go after. Let's look at all the rug pulls that's been happening. And the UST one that just happened, which we know was kind of maybe BlackRock and Citadel was behind. You think Edsel's going to go after those guys? No, he's not. So, no, I don't believe he's out there to help us. I believe he's just an agency doing what the big boys want him to do. And, and he's just pushing their agenda forward. And in this case, I think they're delaying XRP for whatever agenda reason they have. And hopefully at the end of it, just like we saw with uh, was it Amazon and we saw with Tesla after the SEC ended their bullshit, both those things skyrocketed. And hopefully that's going to happen too. And in that video you showed with Jordan, Jordan Harry, I did watch that video. And the, the gist of that video was that the guy sitting in the middle there, he actually introduced Chris Larson to Jay, Jay, uh, J, uh, Jacob um, McCaleb and brought them together. Jay McCaleb and brought them together. And that's how kind of Ripple was formed. So we know now that when we become generational uh, wealthy in years, we know who to thank for that. That guy sitting in the middle from 20 Mission. And I'd love to go to Gonzo here. Gonzo, what are some of your thoughts on what Gary Gensler is doing? Obviously, he's regulating by enforcement, which is the opposite of what they should be doing. But they do say they're going to start cracking down on cryptocurrencies and listen, they're telling us what's going to happen, right? They're either going to go after exchanges, they're going to go after individual projects, and they're going to come down and make examples out of people to regulate this market. I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. And do you trust, honest to God, this is a real question, do you trust the SEC to regulate this market appropriately? Um, I, I, I don't, right? Because they've, you know, like, again, I'm a big proponent of history, right? And to show how behavior is going to be in the future. And while I don't think like, you know, we have a crypto mom, right? She works there. And so it's too bad that she's not in charge, right? That she doesn't have his job um, because she's so crypto friendly. But, you know, the way that he's doing it, the, the right, like you said, regulation by enforcement, um, it's just not the way to do it because there, there's no clarity yet. Like they're, 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 they need to have clarity first, right? They need to establish what the rules are so that people know what they can and can't do, and then you enforce it, right? People are guessing. And then like the article talks about, and he, I've heard him say this before in different speeches, where he says, you know, come on, in, come on in and work with us and we'll give you clarity. No, they don't. We know that because of the Coinbase, what happened with Coinbase? They, they don't give them any clarity. Uh, you know, they get all the inside information on what you're planning to do. And then, uh, you know, a couple months later, they slap you with the letter saying, hey, if you do that, we're, we're gonna come after you, right? That is not working with them. That is not working with Coinbase. Um, and, and it's just, you know, it's unfortunate. But um, I, I tell you what, um, where he's really going to have to start paying attention is if this, the SEC lawsuit against Ripple goes all the way, right? And they don't settle and they lose, man, good old Gary Gensler, dude, he might be looking for a new job because, you know, a, a taking a loss like that, there's going to have to be, someone's going to have to get served up for that. You know, so they're, they're going to want answers. They're so not they're going to serve him up. 
Gonzo, they're not losing. You know this case ain't going to the end. This will be a seven. This will be a seven. I'm going to bet all the apps is X twelve XRP coffee. <laughs> hey, stick, stick to betting your own on your own kids. Don't bet on my XRP bags, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, no, but Johnny's right, right? Because they, they would set precedent, right? And that precedent would be bad. And so it's in their best interest to go ahead and settle. So they don't set that precedent. And there's so many interesting things about this case, Gonzo, just overall, right? The fact that Jay Clayton filed the case on the last day he was working at the SEC, files the case, retires, then goes over to One River, which is a clear promoter of Ethereum. Then we have William Hinman, while sitting in the SEC, is taking $1.5 million per year from Simpson and Thatcher, which is part of the Ethereum Alliance. So he's basically getting promoted to, I mean, he's getting paid to promote Ethereum. And then after he retired from the SEC, he went back to Simpson and Thatcher, took a job, and now he's making $15 million a year working for a company that's in the Ethereum Alliance. So it doesn't take a genius to figure out there's some nefarious activity here. And that could be what ends this lawsuit in the long run. We have 237 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are going to continue covering the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics on a daily basis. But before we keep the ball rolling here, I want to go to the Node Defender. Mario, we see what's happening with XRP. It's clear that we, we in this community understand what's going on. But for the regular everyday investor, they see what's going on and they say, maybe I should stay away from that investment. So what are some of the arguments as to why the regular everyday investor should start dollar cost averaging into XRP before the lawsuit's over, right? Yeah. Well, I think, I don't think I can say it better than what you just, the way you just put it, you know, by explaining the timeline, just the, the whole thing with Jay Clayton, how it was like a day before he left, where he went. And he, when you stopped and, and really think about everything that's, that's been happening for the past year with regards to Ripple and the SEC, like it doesn't make sense. Like none of it makes sense. I, I don't understand. I don't, see the sec doing anything for the space they keep they keep talking about regulation it's been so long that we've been hearing about regulation and yet nothing has been done they keep talking about how they're trying to protect protect investors but yet nothing has been done there's confusions about what government um what part of government is going to regulate crypto but then nobody's making their mind up nobody's like is it the CFTC? Is it the SEC? Nobody's taking any decisions and none of it is making any sense. Like I honestly, as you were talking, I was sitting here and I was trying to think like, why? Like we have, we, we're supposed to have smart people in, in government, right? In these agencies, we're supposed to be having the smartest people in, in the US uh, looking after our best interests. And I'm going to try to say this without laughing, but <laughs> um, I, none of it makes any sense. Like, like just buy XRP. You'll be happy you did. And I want to go over to Gonzo here, but one more comment that I did have is Ripple is actually one of the only cryptocurrency projects that has the means to go to battle against the SEC, right? Ripple is one of the most profitable companies on the planet when it comes to cryptocurrencies. They have over, I want to say, 7 to $10 billion that they're sitting on, and they're willing to put it on the line to be proven right in this case. So it is ironic that they chose Ripple, but Gonzo, the floor is yours. Yeah, you know, as he, he says he wants to help us, you know. Uh, Jackie and I can give them some NFT projects that they should be investigating where people made millions and, you know, ran off with our Ethereum. And I guarantee you the people that are listening can list off a, a, a row of NFT projects that uh, were either rug pulls or mismanaged or they just took the money in the Ethereum. And so if he really wants to go regulate something, dude, he should like, you know, trust me, we could send you an email. We can list a whole project 
uh, of, of NFTs where maybe you can get our Ethereum back uh, and then you can help us out. That, that would really be what uh, you should be doing. 100%. And we're going to roll into our next article, which is very fitting for the conversation that we just had. Goldman Sachs CEO is bullish on blockchain, but that's not why this is so interesting. The reason this is so interesting is because he's actually bullish on regulation. Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon stressed that he is bullish on the digital disruption of the financial infrastructure, aka XRP. He is convinced that blockchain, given the financial institutions a great latitude to make the infrastructure more efficient, the banker says that the lack of regulation limits Goldman Sachs' involvement in the fast-growing sector. The regulatory construct does not let us do what we want to do. So, Johnny Crypto, I think we should start with you, and then we'll roll over to Jackie. What are some of your thoughts on this article here? It's very interesting. We always talk about on this channel, we're bullish on regulation because that'll give the institutions the go-ahead. But to hear it from the CEO of Goldman Sachs that they want to get involved in crypto, but the regulatory framework's not there. What are some of your thoughts? I mean, this is exactly, I think, I wonder if he's watching our show is my thought. I mean, we have been saying this here now for what, six months, however long the show's been on, we've been saying regulation is the key for this industry to actually grow, to form, to be adopted. It can't happen without it. It's just not going to happen. There's no way institutions like this are going to put money into this, into an industry that has too much high risk. They don't work that way. It's just, that's not how the world works. So it's great to hear him say it. We know regulation is in the process. This is why I'm excited. This is why I'm not worried about any pullbacks right now. I don't care. Regulation is coming. The XTC pending lawsuit is gonna, is coming. Oh, there's so much stuff that's coming. Uh, the only the only thing I actually worry about is between now and in the time that this industry takes off, which ones of those key technologies are going to be the ones that drive the future? And you know, there's 19,000 cryptocurrency coins, right? By the time it's all said and done, regulation maybe there'll be 20 or 50 or some very very small portion. And the question is, <coughs> which ones will they be? And, you know, did we did we capture a few of those? Right. That's really what we're trying to do here is to make sure that we've got a few horses in the race when the, when, when all the dust settles after they blow everything up and there's only a few left. That's what we're striving for here. Right. And so I kind of look at what I do is I look at the top 10 or 20 coins. Most likely because there's a lot of money in those and a lot of development and activity in those, that those are some of those are probably going to be the ones to survive. There's also going to be new ones that we don't even know about. They're not even invented yet. They're probably being talked about or being developed right now, and some of those will also be the big ones. So this is great news, Abs, and it's right on track. The question is when the hell is it coming? Pro probably within a year. We're just too damn early. We've been saying 2025 and beyond. If you have the patience to get there, you're going to be a multimillionaire. 100%. And if you're in this group, I guarantee you have the patience because you understand the actual technology as opposed to just the price action that takes place on these currencies. But Mario's been bringing up something very interesting for a few weeks now, which is that when we had our, our crash in 2020, we had a flood of new liquidity come in and save this market, right? Well, if we're experiencing a bear market now, where is that flood of new liquidity going to come from? And my whole argument is that by the end of 2023, we're going to see mass adoption from these institutions such as BlackRock, Fidelity, Goldman Sachs, the list goes on and on. Jackie, what are some of your thoughts on what regulation can do for this industry? Yeah, I agree with a lot with what Johnny was saying. Um, I also think it's really interesting from this article. I mean, he talks about the the disruption of financial infrastructure, but it's going to be the disruption. You know, blockchain will disrupt infrastructure of a lot of different um, institutions that are 
that are that we know today right and we've talked about that a lot um, especially within the academy that's what we do we we invest in infrastructure so whether it's financial financial infrastructure um, coins like XRP XLM whether it's you know anything else um, layer ones like that's what we're all about is investing in the in the infrastructure just like Johnny was saying um, you know we don't know at the end of the day, at the end of the year, at the end of however many years, you know, which one is going to be top dog. Um, we definitely have some good guesses and we have a lot of research to back up um, a lot of our guesses. Right. But that's, you know, I love, I love what he says only, you know, bet on a few and, and you only need a, a couple to win. Right. And so that's, that's when you make smart investments like that. Um, and you, you kind of read between the lines like that. That's exactly what these big players are saying. They're not, you know, they're not ready to jump in yet either because they, they make smart investments uh, because they know, you know, they, they know what they invest in is going to win at the end of the day. So in order to get ahead of that, you know, we kind of have to guess on a few um, because we don't know where, you know, um, they have all, they have all the know, all the answers. So if we can, if we can hit it before they do, that's, you know, that's where then when all these institutions come in, that's where we, you know, rise with the tide. But I do like that. That's something to pay attention to. Um, infrastructure. He points out that, you know, infrastructure in, in, in anything, not just financial sector, but also other, you know, other institutions, other, other sectors within the crypto market a hundred percent oh go ahead mario i was just going to add real quick like in 2017 2018 during that bull run season uh like it wasn't so obvious as it is now but now it's just like it's so obvious the writing is all over the wall that blockchain is here to stay crypto is here to stay a lot of people the people that still consider bitcoin or Ethereum, you know, any of the top coins. Of course, there's cryptos that are going to go to zero. But people that consider those to go away or go to zero, like it's not going to happen. There's just way too much adoption at this point. There's, like I said, the writing is all over the wall. Back in 2017, 2018, it was a little bit more um, not so obvious. Now it's just become so obvious that like just take advantage of it. Don't listen to what they're trying to tell you in, in mainstream mainstream news and, and uh, institutions are all over this. The governments are all over this. We keep talking about it. We bring you guys every time on the show. We, we show you what's going on behind the scenes. So just don't listen to, to all that FUD. Yeah, and just to build on that, what you got highlighted here, he literally says it, right? He says here, the regulatory construct does not let us do a lot. I was watching a video with Scarmucci, Sailor, and... Um, and Yosko in Scarmucci, they were bashing him that you, he's like, you don't have enough uh, BTC in your in your account, in your one of your funds. And he said, I can't. He goes, I can't put it in because based on some and I didn't I didn't get the exact SEC, but there's some SEC rules and things that actually prevent these guys from doing that. So, again, these guys, these big, you know, not only Goldman Sachs, but you got other hedge funds and institutions that want to invest in Bitcoin and they can't right now. They're all also going to be able to do that. For what came, fund managers are going to be able to do it. I mean, God, the growth that's coming is the way. The, it's not even. It's not a wave. It's a freaking tsunami that's going to be coming once regulatory comes. And the most prominent quote in this article, in my personal opinion, is this quote right here. It says, "The digital disruption of the financial infrastructure," and that's why I gave a shout out to XRP because one of the most prominent things in our financial infrastructure 
is on-demand liquidity, transferring money cross-border. So Gonzo, as you read an article like this, is he inferring that our entire banking system is going to go through an evolution and they want to be a part of that? Yeah, you know, I think it is. And that's why we focus on the ISO uh, tokens, right? Um, and like everyone's already said, you know, this is exactly what we've been waiting for. This is what they're waiting for, right? They need that um, clarity in regulation so that they can invest, right? Because um, the way that they're set up and they're structured, but there's, when you talk about where's the liquidity going to come from, it's going to come from, from these guys and it's going to come from retail, right? Once we get that, that clarity, but that's why it's important to kind of do your own research. And like I said, we don't know with hundred percent certainty what's going to be here in the future, but we can take an educated guess when you see articles like this, when we do our research, right? And that's why we focus so much on XRP, XLM, XDC, right? Quant, HBAR, all of those, right? Because we, we can see um, a future for those. And even after regulation, the way that they're set up, um, that, that they'd still be around. And this monetary system was built before the internet, never mind before digital assets. But if there's one thing that's clear, it's that this evolution is going to take place. And these institutions are aware of that, right? Maybe they don't want us to be aware of it, but it's clear that they're moving slowly and methodically in the direction of digital assets. We're going to move away from leveraging debt into actually exchanging that value instantaneously. So for example, when you're transferring money cross-border, it can take seven days and they can charge you as much as 11% per transaction. When you're using XRP, they're going to charge you one one thousandth of a percent of a cent. So to transfer a billion dollars, and sorry to go on a tangent here, but to transfer a billion dollars from New York to London, it costs $300,000 and it takes seven days in our banking system. If you're going to use XRP RippleNet to do that exact same transaction, that transaction is going to happen in three seconds and it's going to cost you $3.56 to transfer your $1 billion. So what's going to happen here is there's going to be companies that adopt this technology and have a massive advantage. And there will be people who are resistant and they have a massive disadvantage. And that's what we're going to see play out over these next few years. But I do want to jump into our last article for today, which is that crypto is not going away, says Galaxy Digital CEO. Galaxy Digital CEO Mike Novengratz said that despite last week's market route caused by terrorist collapse, the asset class will remain resilient. And what's really interesting about this article is the reasons he points out for us being so bullish on crypto the longtime crypto enthusiast said that the asset class would not be going away and that human capital continues to pour into the industry and industry participants understand its latency. What I really think he's pointing out here is that people in my age demographic, people who are 35, 36 and under are flooding into crypto and more willing to adopt this stuff. I think it's only fitting we start off with Jackie here. Jackie, what are some of your thoughts on people who are our age adopting cryptocurrency and the older generation recognizing that? Yeah, I think that's, um, I mean, that's, that's soon to be, it's, it's kind of actually, that's funny. That was your question. Cause that's kind of what's happening. You know, I'm, there's a lot of people, um, just kind of in my everyday life. Um, when I go to different places with different friends and things like that, we will have conversations, um, friends, my age, we'll have conversations and older people will hear over here and then they'll start asking questions, you know, like, well, what is, uh, I've heard about crypto or what, you know, what, it, what's the big deal, you know? And so I think, um, I think that that's, it, it's kind of a switching, you know, they're, they'll start to look towards a younger generation and, and that's just kind of what happens, right? When, when new um, technology is adopted, then, you know, it's kind of a, a relearning and you're, you're helping other people out to relearn that, um, that are, 
that are used to, um, you see the same thing with cell phones is what I'm trying to get at, right? That are used to one thing that are hard to change and they're trying to relearn a new, um, whatever it may be. So, so I think that that's, but now I'm losing what I was going to say. Um, no, that's previously. totally cool. Go ahead and I'll, I'll think of it again and I'll chime in. Yeah. yeah. You made a bunch of great points. Gonzo, I see you're unmuted. The floor is yours. Yeah. So, you know, the way I look at them is, is that they're different technologies. Right. And then I just put myself out again. I love history. Right. So think about like YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Amazon, Google, eBay. Right. These are all monsters that we understand how they work and we understand um, what they provide. Right. What services they provide, what we world solve they have. Right. Now, imagine being able to go back in time and invest in all of these right before everyone else or when they were starting out. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at. So when we talk about, you know, cryptocurrency, it's not just about Bitcoin, right? There are tons of different cryptos and blockchains within that, that have different real world solves, right? Whether it's XRP, cross-border payments, right? XLM, peer-to-peer, -peer, right? And then other like subdivisions, right? Uh, where it's like metaverse, right? X to earn, they're calling it now, right? Because now it's not just play to earn, it's move to earn, right? There are all kinds of different things. I that thought, are I be thought you were talking about sex to earn, like NFT Tone said the other day. No. I'm like, not this oh, again, <laughs> not this project again. Yeah, That's no. it. Those Stop are NFT. Go ahead, Johnny. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, Gonzo. Sorry. It's X to earn. I'm assuming it's X to earn because you can put multiple things in there to earn, right? Which either move to earn, play to earn. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll leave it at that, but it's just really exciting, man. Like, right. I look at it as technologies and we're getting an opportunity to get in early. And it's just a matter of doing your own research, surrounding yourself with a good community where you all think alike, whether that's the three T, whether that's, we talked about this last night, collecting, you know, if you don't vibe with us, find somebody that you vibe with, find your tribe, right. So that you guys can talk about these things and then you can try to predict where we're going to go so that, um, you know, you can change your life and the life of your family. You, you know, just to build on this article here, um, what what he's really talking about here isn't so much young people getting into crypto. He's actually talking about human capital being put into crypto, meaning companies are hiring folks to work on crypto. And, you know, I can tell you working in <coughs> for a Fortune 100 company and in the technology space, when we start gearing up and hiring folks, it's because we believe in something, whether it's a technology or a space that we want to play in in the future. So we got to hire those resources to do it. That is always a great leading indicator. And the fact that you're seeing more and more human capital, meaning basically employees, right? They just call us human capital or human resources. Basically, we're just a piece of property. But at the end of the day, that is a great, great indicator that something big is coming in that space. And in this case, we're seeing that happen in crypto. Or, or I should say more blockchain technologies, which need crypto to power them, right? So this is huge. This is great, great sign. That plus regulate. I mean, Jesus Christ, the writing's all over the freaking wall that we're in the right place at the right time. And it's a blessing to be here. And for me, thankfully, it was all because of one, one, one TikTok video from Coach, one click. So thank you, Coach, for sending that. And uh, this is exciting times, guys, exciting times. Yeah, Johnny, and just to give yourself a pat on the back, I don't think people talk about it enough. You are so freaking smart. You got 25 years of engineering experience. You're a higher up at a Fortune 500 company. So 
You're killing it, man. We appreciate your time, and I always appreciate your input, and I definitely appreciate your XRP background. But I do want to say thank you to Jackie, thank you to Gonzo, thank you to Johnny, and thank you to the Node Defender, of course. Another amazing episode, and we're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics on a daily basis. Like we always say, warriors, rise, rise. Get together, baby, and smash that like button. 240 listeners, smash that like button. Let's go. Let's go. Join us on uh, Twitter Spaces tonight. I'm Pacific 8 p.m. Oh, yeah. 8 p.m. Twitter Spaces.